guys we got a crisis good morning welcome back to storylines with jay and i guess we'll just be doing the quarantine chronicles for the next however long um i mean if you if you've been living under a rock just in case you don't know we're in a pandemic a pandemic not an epidemic a pandemic the entire world is currently sick and it is mind-boggling to me how quickly this got out of hand but you know that's how pandemics work that's how viruses work when they're not controlled in any type of way um, I do believe that there's a lot at stake here and not just economically I think that the world is generally going to be changed after this and it's it's insane to think about it's it really does rattle me it really does make me think a lot about every little thing it makes me think about everyone I've ever encountered um, it, it turns my cold heart into a soft warm one even for people that you know maybe I haven't talked to in a while it makes you want to check in on people you shouldn't even be checking on and that is what quarantine does. Um, I live alone. I, I have no roommates, you know, I don't live with family or anything like that. So my situation is a little different from some, you know, pretty much all of my friends live alone, except for those who have like significant others. And then I have a couple that have roommates. Um, but for the most part, we all kind of on our own. So this whole social isolation, this social distancing is really defining or redefining our friendships and our relationships. Last night, my friends and I got together for a quote unquote Netflix party and we watched that new movie Uncorked. Um, we all had wine, so we were all very much committed to the movie. Um, and we had a great time. And I think what it's doing is it's redefined. I mean, granted, my friends and I, all we always had an amazing bond, an amazing, um, an amazing vibe together, whether we're together or apart. And I think that's kind of what's cool about quarantine is that we're seeing that we still have the same connection, whether we're in the same room or not. Before quarantine even became a thing, we were already watching movies um, this way. Like we were already doing this uh, just to 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 laugh with each other because we don't all live in the same city or same state. Um, we have, you know, one friend that lives in New Jersey, and unfortunately, he does have the virus and he's you know recuperating and recovering just fine but you know even he was a part of our little party in which we were watching the movie and whatnot so <clears throat> this whole quarantine thing is just it's it's different it's nothing could none of us could have ever have expected this or predicted this but ultimately you know, we're getting through it the best way we can. Um, I'm seeing a lot of people getting online and finding a new form of hustle. Uh, there's a DJ, um, DJ Young, I think. Um, real name is Kashan. And he is really not that far from me. He's only a, a few miles away, actually. But 
seeing that he has become a viral sensation, I really do believe that when this is all said and done, he's probably going to be contacted by some major network or Ellen or something like that, seen as the DJ that saved quarantine <laughs> because people are having fun. They're getting together and they, they act like they're at the club. <laughs> and, you know, I'm not really a club person, but I can always respect someone's hustle. And ultimately, you know, if we can go to the club from the house, and enjoy the music and vibe with each other that's fine with me you know we were already on our little three-way phone call our uh, our little conference call when we watched the movie so when the music came on you know we just kind of was vibing together talking you know having drinks and and that's what it's all about during this time we have to stay uplifted we have to be able to know that even though we might not be able to see an end in sight there is an end to this it may be a while we may have to get cozy and comfortable in our homes we may have to be okay with the fact that this doesn't have a foreseeable end in sight and unfortunately that's just how pandemics work um yes we as americans can do a better job with what we've been instructed to do they tell us to stay home we should stay home social distancing we should do that you know i saw an image on social media yesterday where these friends uh linked up together and they weren't together they were still apart they were in their cars and they were six feet apart from each other but they were still technically together and people thought that was a great idea people were enjoying that but then you know there were some slamming the idea saying that's not social distancing and in a way it's kind of not because you know you this this virus there's so much they don't know about it it's why it's called the novel coronavirus they don't know what it's going to do they don't know what's going to happen and you know they do know that the virus can linger in the air for 30 minutes to three hours and imagine if you have those three people sitting there and it's lingering in the air and the wind catches it you know um i feel like there's so much at stake whenever you decide, you know, to kind of like bend the rules or make it your own way. Um, being socially isolated, unfortunately, it does take a toll on your mental health, but it's not the end of the world. Like we can make it through this, um, you know, the quicker we get to it the right way, the quicker this can be over. I do feel extremely bad for the nurses and the doctors who are fighting this on the front lines um you know in places like new york city um and, and i don't think that we should at all take for granted the fact that it's happening there i mean i don't want it to happen there you know i have people that live there I have friends who live there and uh, some family as well you know one of my my cousins is actually a nurse in connecticut which is very close to new york she lives very close to new york city and i you know worry about her because i can't remember if she works in connecticut or if she works in new york city because that's the thing a lot of people do that you know i have um friends who live in upstate in New York, you know, they live in upstate, but they work in New York City. People who live in Jersey work in New York City. People who live in Connecticut work in New York City. It's not that far-fetched. It's not uncommon. And 
you know, you have to think about that. You have to think about the fact that these people are coming into work to fight on the front lines, but then they may potentially be exposing their family members or uh, what may have you uh, to this virus that they don't really know anything about. Um, one of my favorite YouTubers um, is a chef, and right now he can't taste because he has COVID-19. And it's 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 just rattling um, to see that something could come and wipe us all out, and 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 not just wipe us out as in kill us, but it could wipe us out in a sense of socioeconomic reasons. Um, I try not to think about the economic side of it. I think that the American government is doing a pretty <laughs> we're not even going to go into that. I'm just going to say that the American government is super focused on the economic side of things when in all actuality, when the entire world is sick, I think that the leaders of the world of the yeah, of the entire world need to get together through Zoom teleconferencing. Nobody needs to actually meet up right now. But there needs to be some type of worldwide agreement there needs to be some type of um worldwide sex socioeconomic agreement where you know no one country feels the pressures of trying to keep up with the economy and focuses on the health of their people i think that this new stimulus package that was passed into act or whatever um and signed into a, a law by the president really is a failure to the American people. It's a complete failure. And it bothers me. It, it bothers me so much because I thought about, I thought about the unemployment package. So people who have lost their jobs, who may not have been making, you know, that much anyway, maybe they were making part-time income. Maybe they were uh, freelancers or, you know, they lost events or gigs or whatever the case may be are now eligible for unemployment. That's fantastic. They should have always been uh, eligible for unemployment during times like this. However, they're going to be making more than the essential workers that are currently working at the grocery store. I'm not faulting the unemployment package. I'm faulting the fact that we're not paying the essential workers more. I don't understand how you can have someone risking their health every single day and the health of the people that live in the house with them or in the apartment with them or whatever. Um, and you have them making minimum wage, you know, at the drive through of whatever fast food chain because they're considered essential workers and they might not even be working full time. You have to think about that. Most of these places are not hiring full time employees. Most of these people are part time. So they don't have to worry about providing benefits and all of those types of um essential things that a lot of people need but are not getting they have to make ends meet so they end up working part-time jobs maybe more than one so then you have someone who may be working at at the grocery store but may also be working at a fast food chain because they got to make ends meet and they're just making maybe seven eight well let's just say eight or nine dollars an hour and then you have this unemployment package that is going to guarantee people at minimum $600 a week. Um, I don't think it's fair. I don't think it's right. It's not that I'm going to look at the employment unemployment package and be like, oh, you don't deserve to get this $600 during this time where, 
you know, maybe you were the breadwinner, maybe you were the provider for your family and you have four mouths to feed other than yourself. I'm not going to sit here and say you don't deserve this $600 that the American government is going to give you for at least four, four months every week. But what I can say is that it's not fair for the person who's working in the grocery store. It's not fair for the person who's a social worker. It's not fair for the person who is um, working at the fast food or the restaurant. Um, it's not fair uh, for people who are considered essential but are paid like they're not essential at all. That is a concern to me. I don't understand the American government. I will never get it. And I don't understand, you know, the many layers that come with it. When you think about the American government, you know, I have a friend who lives in the UK and I was trying to explain this to her because she didn't really understand like the concepts of states and, and, and how that works. Um, I'm granted she knew there were states, but she didn't really understand what that all meant because over there in the UK, it's a different world. It's a different story. So I was trying to break it down to her. Like, you know how Canada has provinces? I said, okay, there's not that many provinces in Canada, but in the U.S. think of our states as provinces the difference is our provinces are smaller and we have 50 of them I was like but every one of those states has their own governor and their own governing I was like so whenever something happens it is up to the governor to decide what happens for the state that you reside in I was like and then when you have that happening, a lot of times you can have something come down from the national level, like the president. I said, but the American government has checks and balances. They were put in place to be fair and just, but sometimes it just takes way too long to get things moving. Like it never should have taken over a week for them to decide that people out of work need help. It, I don't understand how that's a thing like how do you shut down the entire country and then still expect them to pay rent mortgage utilities um these basic you know but essential bills that they have to keep shelter over their their heads and um you know electricity and water in their homes and to have food on the table you can't expect people to make these payments if they are not working granted they always preach you should have backup, you should have savings, but the reality is people just don't make enough money to have that type of savings on hand to make sure that they're good for another month or two um, while this thing pans out because nobody saw it coming. It doesn't, you know, you don't know a person's situation and most people in the U.S. are really just making ends meet based on the fact that they have, um, you know, a job. Um <laughs> If you have a family in America, you think about it. They're sending out these $1,200 stimulus checks to boost the economy. What is it boosting? My friend pays rent and his rent is $1,340 a month. That stimulus check is not even enough to cover his rent. And he has a one bedroom. And that's the case for a lot of people who live in places like New York, New Jersey, um, California, um, you know, major cities, most of the major cities, Dallas, Houston, uh, D.C., Philadelphia. Well, I'm not really sure about Philadelphia, but I'm just going to say if you live in a pretty nice apartment in Philadelphia or something like that, 
you're probably paying over a thousand dollars a month. You're probably paying a thousand over a thousand dollars no matter where you are. My rent is not quite that, but it's close. And I'm thinking about people who who are trying to make it and they have a family of like two or three and they're renting, you know, apartment that may be fourteen, fifteen hundred dollars a month. What is twelve hundred dollars going to do for them? So when I think about the American government and I was explaining that to my friend, I was trying to tell her that even though there's like all these checks and balances and hopefully it's just and and fair, you end up really putting a lot of people at risk. Ultimately, people are not okay and people won't be okay for some time because it takes too long to get things moving. It takes too long for people to to get the help that they need. Even though they voted these stimulus checks into action, most of these people are not gonna get these checks until like May, realistically speaking. That doesn't do anything for April. What are they supposed to do in April? You know, this virus has not reached its peak. Um, I don't. I don't think it has. And, you know, we have a leader that's telling us that we're going to be open and going by April 12th. That is unrealistic. That is two weeks away. It's unrealistic. Nurses and doctors don't have the proper care. They don't have not the proper care. They don't. Have, well, if they probably don't feel like people properly care about them. You still have people going all out and willy nilly doing whatever they want to do. I saw an article just this morning that a a man contracted the virus after hosting an anniversary party for less than 10 people. It doesn't matter that it was under the limit. The point is, why are you hosting this party? Social distancing. (laughs) Social distancing. The only people who should have 10 people in their house is the people who actually have 10 people in their house. And even that makes them leery. I talked to my parent. I talked to my dad just yesterday and he was telling me that my brother brought my nephews over and they were kind of leery about that because they don't know where the grandchildren have been they don't know who they've been around and my stepmom has COPD so they really can't afford to get sick they can't afford to get this because if they get it it could be it for them and I don't I don't think people are thinking I think people think, oh, it's just a little virus, you'd be all right. Or people are thinking, oh, well, if I get it, you know, I'll be fine, I'll bounce back. But they're not thinking about the people that won't be if they get it. I check on my aunt. Not every day, but almost every day. Because she has lung and and, and blood disease issues. And I have to worry and concern about her because if this happens to her, it's a wrap. You know, I worry about myself. You know, I don't know what this could do to my body. I don't know. And ultimately, you know, I'm not I'm not freaking out, but at the same time, I have to be logical and and just and fair and think about all the people that I could impact if I were to be around them and expose them to something I didn't even know that I had. <sighs> I wish that people would treat the coronavirus like they treated HIV back in the day. And I say that because people, like I remember as a kid, I was probably like eight or nine, maybe even a little younger. 
I remember watching this show and everybody was real cool with this one lady and it was a scripted show it wasn't like it was reality or anything like that but I remember everybody was real cool with this one lady and they were they were loving her and she was great but then you know one of the girl one of the women does a documentary about the the woman it's it's girlfriends if you've never seen the show and uh, the character was played by Kimberly Elise. Yes. And she goes in on the documentary and talks about how she, you know, had HIV and how she contracted it from her husband unknowingly or something like that. And, um, that, you know, women were actually a very high risk uh, black women were very high risk for contracting the disease from men who were like on the down low um, because this was before it was like acceptable to be gay and and out and you know don't get me wrong the LGBT world has its own um, it still has its its barriers as you know it's not all peaches and roses it's a lot better than it was but it still has its barriers but back then it was like really really bad it was really um frowned upon to be gay and black and male especially and it still is don't get me wrong but not like it was back then um so for this character that Kimberly Elise was playing, she had contracted it from her husband. And, you know, there's an episode where one of the other characters on the show, Joan, played by Tracy Ellis Ross, um, they're like, they're finally come around to like being cool with her. And they're like cooking in the kitchen and Kimberly Elise's character cuts her finger. And she's like, oh, it's okay. You know, like, and, and, and Tracy or Joan freaks out, you know, internally and she like backs away and, you know, it's, it's like she's like six feet away from her when everybody knows that you can only contract HIV through blood or uh, through sexual intercourse or something like that. Um, so there wasn't a lot of information about it. But the point was, we knew enough about it at that point that people shouldn't have been freaking out to just be around someone, even if they cut their finger. And she she cuts her finger and she's like it's okay it's okay and she like washes the knife really good and she's like it's okay like you know you're not gonna get it it's fine it's fine and she's like oh okay and she puts the knife you know away but not away but she just puts it to the side or whatever after she's cleaned it later that night Joan wakes up like in the middle of the night gets the knife and just puts it in the garbage and I feel like that's the response that's the type of reaction we need to have about COVID-19 that's not the reaction that you need to have about somebody with HIV I don't agree with that reaction and you know later on Joan you know apologizes to the woman they get through it and you know she realizes that she was being irrational but this is not a time when we need to realize like I feel like not enough people are being rational I feel like um people are just kind of treating this like oh pfft, it's a cold it's the flu but it's deadly to some it's deadly to some and we need to act like it we need to act in accordance and we need to back away from people until this you know blows over even if that means that it's not going to blow over for months it's going to take the U.S. and the world a couple of years not 
you know, a couple of months or a couple of weeks. It's going to take a couple of years to bounce back from this. And I don't think people are fully prepared for what this means. You know, we can't worry about, oh, I'm not getting to the bag. I'm not getting the money I deserve. You know, I can't, I can't do this. I can't do that. You know, it doesn't matter because right now is, it's life or death. And I, th- I think people need to treat it as such, um, you know, if not for you, but for the people around you. Ultimately, the quarantine chronicles just kind of got me like a little frustrated with people. It's got me at this place where I don't understand why I don't understand who I don't, I don't understand. I just don't understand. I'm, I'm so over social media. <laughs> like I want to log out every day, but I check in just for family purposes, but I, I don't have the Facebook app on my phone at all. I have Instagram, but I don't really use it that much and I don't have any other social media. So if you know me, you know me, but it's, it's worrisome to me that right now, you know, people, people just don't seem to think that, or people think that they're invincible. And, you know, we still have people going to fast food restaurants, ordering food. And I get it. Like, people want to support the small businesses. People want to support these restaurants so that they don't go under. But at the same time, I'm not, I don't understand how the food industry is a thing right now when you have a virus going around. Someone could be easily preparing your food that is infected with the virus. And then you consume the food and then, boom, you're sick too. You know, or you're sick because of the interaction even though they have tried to limit um, the interaction with their customers by going the extra mile, ultimately it doesn't matter um, when you have something that can float around in the air for hours um, that can stick to, uh, you know, certain types of containers or whatever for days. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. And, um, you know, I just don't understand, you know, you still have these food delivery and I'm not knocking it. You know, I have a couple of friends who are doing food delivery just to make ends meet right now. I support that. But at the same time, I can't, I, I, I worry about their health. I'm concerned and I don't understand what it means to have a stay at home order and then, and nobody's home. <laughs> like I don't get that, but I don't know what's going to have to happen. All these conspiracy theorists are about to get scared because, you know, you don't want the government to step in, but they might, and martial law might be a thing, you know, for all y'all that keep saying it. But ultimately, all I know is that right now is a very uncertain time. It's a very strange time in history. Um, We've never seen anything like this, but it was bound to happen. It's happened in history before, and it will happen in the future. Ultimately, we just gotta sit down, watch this thing pan out and just work on um work on our personal relationships work on our interpersonal relationships I think this is a good time to hone a craft by the way if you are good at something this is the time to get even better at it if you're an artist become a better artist if you're a writer become a better writer finish that book that you never finished if you are um You know, I have a friend that was doing bead art the other day. I I didn't even know that she did bead art. Um, 
it, you know, I have a friend that's like, oh man, you know what? I really want to go to film school. I feel like if that was what, I feel like that's what I would really do if I could do it and, and make the money that I want. And, you know, I'm like, I don't know, maybe you should look into film school right now. <laughs> like, I don't know what you, you, you should be doing, but whatever it is that appeals to you passion wise, I feel like that's what you should be doing. For the people that I know who are nurses, for the people that I know that are doctors, for the people that I know who are becoming nurses and doctors, thank you very much. I appreciate you taking care of people even though they're hard-headed. <laughs> I appreciate you taking care of those even though you are probably afraid yourself. You are um, beautiful beings and well-deserved in this world. Um, you know, and I can only hope that you are as protected as you can possibly be during this time. Ultimately, I just want us to come out of this on the other side and all be in one piece. Stay tuned for the quarantine chronicles. As long as I feel up to it, I'll give you an update. Thanks for listening.